0: Today in the attorney career advice podcast with Harrison Barnes.
1: Religion. Like a lot of times people can tell it very much. Enjoy interviews. They like talking about themselves. 40 attorneys. It was, now it's over a thousand. But jokes and comments are a, a big thing. I've seen people talk about having been in a psychiatric hospital. That's also not good. So you want to be careful with that sort of thing. That was a woman that I interviewed. I used to have an office in Las Vegas, and because there's actually people that are very good at talking on the phone there, and that's why Zappos was there and some other things, but that wasn't good. So you don't do that. You shouldn't talk about your church or religion. Now, some people will talk about it. You can interview with firms that have all all people that are part of the same religion, and that's okay to do that, or if they're interviewing with someone that's like that. But it's generally frowned upon. But anytime you bring up religion, like a lot of times people can tell it from your resume and people that are Mormon or LDS will often list their, their missions and things on their resume, which is fine. But you don't want to talk about your church or religion. You just have to because people will recognize that you're trying to use that to your advantage if they're the same. And usually they will be able to tell that anyway. Not always, but sometimes they'll be able to know that and but you don't want to bring it up you don't need to because some people are on opposite sides of the political spectrum i had something awful happen after september 11th i had this great candidate in new york that had a very muslim name it was like muhammad abdullah or something and something that sounded muslim and i'm not saying that name out of disrespect that's not he but it was something that sounded that way and, and he put stuff like Muslim Students Association on his resume, and he was very highly qualified. Like he was best law schools, best firm. And, but he was applied to all these firms in New York that he was qualified to work at and that had lots of openings and no one would hire him. So I, I don't, you have to do the, I, I'm not saying that, that every law firm is, but this was of course over 20 years ago, But sometimes you have to be careful because people have different versions or different feelings about different types of things. And so you don't bring that up. You don't bring up a divorce. Sometimes people will talk about how they are divorced. And sometimes people from, I know a woman right to this day who husband is living in Thailand and has several girlfriends and meaning people, different people coming in and sleeping with him periodically at his house and she found this out because she thought something was weird and she hired some kind of private detective and she is very happy to talk about that with people and that's probably not a good thing you don't talk about and she's still married oh that's what i wanted to say that was the point she's still married because she's from this christian background where you never divorce your husband it's just crazy so she talks about that you don't want to talk about why you got fired from a job. You never say, I made this catastrophic error. I upset this person. I did this. You just talk in vague terms if they ask about why you left. Basically, it's something along the lines of uh, a partner with a lot of business left. Someone, there was a, a major slowdown in the work. They couldn't afford uh, to pay me. They, the Most of the associates had to leave because whatever. But you come up with some reason that it wasn't I, that doesn't make you look bad. I'm not saying to lie, but you come up with something that's true, but may excuse whatever happened. Sometimes people will talk about how they grew up very wealthy or poor and think about this. So talking about being very wealthy is going to make people that grew up poor feel badly and and they will resent you because maybe they became attorneys because they wanted to make a better living and make sure that they were able to, I don't know, join the upper middle class. And so that's going to make them feel envious or that you think you're better than them as people did when they grow up. Sometimes people will go in and talk about how they grew up poor. Think about that too. So if you talk about that, someone who's wealthy may have, grew up wealthy, may have thoughts about you in one way or another. Someone who is also grew up poor will realize that you're trying to use that as your to your advantage and may resent you, or someone that you just have to be careful about these things. Sometimes people talk about diseases and sicknesses and different things that they recovered from. Again, this is not something you want to talk about. The reason you don't want to talk about it is because people will use it against you, just as people will use the fact that you're a former drug addict or something against you. If you talk about these diseases that could come back, that's scary for people too. So saying, again, I'm not saying that that it's right. I'm not saying that all law firms do this, but if you're comparing two people, that someone who's healthy and someone who's not, I don't know, you have to, and they're equal, what do you yeah you know, i don't know sometimes people may and again i would this is what i would do personally would have sympathy for you and i uh, think that someone that overcame something is it's good but sometimes people won't you need to be careful non-visible disabilities those can include all sorts of things which could be i don't know but they're the things that no one could possibly see i hired someone recently that had and i've hired people that have had been had other bipolar disorder just all sorts of different things. So sometimes you'll have disabilities that aren't visible. And and if you have, then there's no reason to talk about them. Other people will talk about different medical diagnoses. Other people will talk about, and again, this is rare, but I'm only bringing it up because I've seen it, talking about different things that have happened to them sexually. Sometimes people will talk about of violent crimes now i don't think there's anything wrong with talking about a violent crime and i wouldn't care but sometimes people that will make them uncomfortable sometimes people will talk about recent death and tragedies and and again that's not something to bring up and sexual orientation actually in this day and age i think it's perfectly fine i think that people actually will go out of their way to to embrace people from diverse backgrounds but and I think it's a good thing. I think the majority of people would. But you still have a small percentage of people that, for whatever reason, don't. You have right now, just in terms of society, people that are for present for Israel, which is the majority of Americans. But then there's people that are against it. Is it right to bring up if you're a pro if you're a pro Israel supporter or you're a pro Palestinian supporter? Is it right to get on one side of that issue? when you know that there's people that won't look at that. I was reading uh, Rashida Tlaib, uh, a congressman from uh, Michigan, or uh, got in trouble because she was making that again. I don't know what she said, uh, because she was supporting Palestine, saying something from ocean to ocean or something, meaning implying the elimination of Israel. But she probably went too far, definitely did. But again, like people don't always welcome this stuff.
0: Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards, because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, The most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today.
1: So, you have to keep this stuff to yourself. You just don't want to ever say anything that's going to polarize people, but you need to be very careful. And sometimes you don't want to say things that the employer might want to be associated with. If you look at a lot of the people in a lot of these great firms, there are people that have problems, partners, associates, staff. And and these days, I think people are very open to this, but you just, you want to basically steer the conversation to positive things where the employer is enthusiastic about you and where you're not giving them time to take sides. The other thing I would just say is a lot of people very much enjoy interviews. They like talking about themselves. They think it's very fun that they have the opportunity to to say things and to get people excited about them and that they need to get, talk about their accomplishments. But you need to understand that the interviewer is not your friend they are looking for negative information that they can use against you, and they're not someone that you should be confiding in, uh, because if you confide in them, you might also do the same thing with the law firm's clients, or you'll spend time confiding with everyone. And in your job with, with the people that you're working for is to be just like they're going to be your client. So you go into an interview, you decide, you, you portray yourself. In the same way you would if you were talking to a client and trying to get that client to do work, to work with you. And you need to be very careful about that and what you say about yourself. In an interview, by the way, it's not a therapy session. It's not time to get into any of this stuff. It's it's just a time where it is time for you to sell your strengths and not a weaknesses. Uh, so the other one is getting caught off and admitting it. People uh, can get caught off guard. It happens very frequently. Sometimes people will say things, the interviewer will say things like the job requires a lot of travel, or you'll be expected uh, to work most weekends, or you'll uh, have various responsibilities you may not be, have been aware of uh, that are unusual for law firms, things like that. Maybe you'll learn that you'll have to be responsible for doing things you may be uncomfortable with, which could be training and mentoring people. But regardless of, of what it is, you need to keep your cool you don't want to react in any way. You don't, you, you need to smile instead of, of looking shocked or frowned uh, because people can read your body language. And again, this is the most important thing about any interview. People go into interviews with the idea that they're they're screening the employer for whether or not they want to work there. But the opposite is true. Your only job in an interview is to get the job and you can turn down the job or you can negotiate the job after you get it, but you cannot, you need to be very careful about getting doing everything you can to get the job. So I tell the story a lot. Uh, I had someone working for me that was making $17 or maybe $20 an hour, helping put articles, a site I have called JD Journal. She decided, I found out she was an attorney, had used to work in a big firm, she was in i don't know alabama or something living with her parents and but had gone it worked in a big law firm in new york wasn't admitted to the california bar i told her i would help her get a job she went and interviewed at a small law firm with crappy offices somewhere in california i don't want to give away her identity and she came out and was just like wow this firm has crappy offices i don't think they even afford to pay me it doesn't. It's nothing like the big firm I worked in New York. It's and she found out when she when I called the partner to talk about it. He said, "Yeah, she's very highly qualified." And again, this is someone that was working for twenty dollars an hour. The reason they were working with theirs because they left this big New York firm because of some health problem that was pretty serious and gone to live with their parents and and they just were and they've been doing that for three or four years and. Didn't know if any of this, but I talked him into going back to practicing. So they interviewed with this firm and I called the partners. I don't think she doesn't feel like that it's, it's the kind of place I could afford to pay her. And he said, Oh no, I keep my office again. This is another thing smart attorneys do. I keep my offices like that because I work for, you know, local real estate people and I don't want to appear like I have a lot of money. So I why would I? And I charge them rates or and so that was his strategy. And I said, How much would she make? And he said, Oh, she's going to bill out at $600 an hour and or whatever the number was. And I give uh, all my associates half the money that's collected. So think about that. So instead of working 3000 hours in a big New York law firm for whatever, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year at the time, she was got a job that paid over $600,000 a year in a relatively not a big city in California. Think about that. Her working for twenty dollars an hour, or working for six hundred thousand dollars a year. So forty thousand versus six hundred thousand. And I looked her up. This was years ago. She's still there. And again, she would if she had not, if I had not saved that for her, she would have just assumed uh, that this was a crappy job. And this kind of stuff happens. It's rare, but it happens. Again, you need to appear self confident in control when you're interviewing. You need to look like you're, that you know what the person's looking for, that you can do it. You need to connect with them. You need to like them. And if you get flustered and don't project self-confidence, this is going to hurt you. And again, self-confidence, what does that mean? It doesn't mean you act like you're better, but it means you know who you are and you're confident in yourself. If you were to hire an attorney and someone, that attorney you wanted to hire to represent you personally, say you were charged with murder and it wasn't true, you wouldn't want to hire an attorney that wasn't self-confident, that told you about all their uh, health problems, their uh, political leanings, their former uh, drug problems. You wouldn't do it. So just keep in mind, and if they got flustered and nervous when you asked some questions about your qualifications, you would want someone that connects with you, that understands your problem, that gives you confidence. That's exactly what good attorneys do. And then dressing your best is important. So you, you have to think about How you dress? Dressing is a big deal. I was at a charity ball, and I met. They had this silent auction, and there was this stylist that comes in and does like a closet organization or something for twenty five hundred dollars for ninety minutes. And and I don't know what she charges, but she comes out to your house and does this and. All of these very important businessmen and things, she does mainly men, but I had no need for her. So I gave her to my fiance, but when I did $500 or something auction, assuming that I would lose, cause I was like the only bidder, the first bidder and I thought other people would, but this is a big business. Like a lot of these very important executives and CEOs and partners and law firms, they use people to help them dress because the way you dress has an impact on how you are seen. Now, I am wearing the t-shirt and are, you know, not a dress shirt and stuff, but that's probably not the smartest thing to do for these webinars. But you, when you dress well for an interview and you look your best and that you show that the employer is important and you're showing respect for them. If you don't dress well, you're showing a lack of respect. If you dress well, you're showing how you would present yourself to clients. So employers want to see this. If someone goes in for an interview and they're well dressed, and they look good. It makes them stand out. I have people that come in to our company and interview, and most people these days do not uh, put on a suit, do not look their best. Uh, they show up not uh, dressed in kind of casual business stuff, and and that's actually okay. But uh, if someone comes in a suit and is dressed um, very well, or a woman is dressed very well uh, and uh, the suit fits, now I want to. Say another thing that I've seen, uh, because people don't wear suits and women don't dress up a lot for interviews, what happens a lot is their things don't fit because they're not, whatever job they're in or a law student or something, they don't fit. So the, 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 the I don't know, the suit, you know, the shirts are too big, the, uh, the sleeves go down uh, too far and the pants are baggy, just whatever, you name it, I've seen it. And and this is very common. One of the things this is actually very funny. And I've seen this uh unfortunately more than once. People men, when you buy a suit on the on the on the, the arm, there's always like a tag that says the brand of the suit and things. And and it's sewn on the suit coat. Most of I don't know why the tradition of doing that for suits, but that's what they do. And Obviously, it's like you're supposed to take it off, right? You're supposed to take that off when you buy the suit. But I've seen people go into interviews with that. So if that's you need to take it off, but it's very funny. But yeah. But again, when you go and if you dress cat, when you go to a interview, even if it's a casual place, you should not look casual. It's unprofessional and it doesn't work. I'll tell you a quick story. The first firm that I worked at, Quinn Emanuel, got a a reputation and this Again, we're talking about a long time ago when it was a small firm that was growing very fast. When I joined it, it was maybe 40 attorneys. It was now it's over a thousand. But when I joined the firm, they had this reputation that was written about in Cosmopolitan Magazine and was the only firm in the country doing it where you could wear whatever you wanted. You could wear sandals or shorts or anything to the interview. Unvariably, what would happen is when they would interview, people would show up in shorts and sandals. And none of those people got hired. That's not respectful to the employer. So you need to dress up and look good for interviews. You don't need to wear a super expensive suit, but it needs a fit and you need to uh, do whatever you can uh, to look professional and to make the employer see what you would look like uh, representing the client if you were going to court, if you're showing up for a deal. Very important.
0: Do you wanna grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today.
1: Okay, this is another one I'm not gonna talk too much about, but showing up late. You can get a job if you show up late, but it's very rare. Most companies and law firms expect people to be punctual. And an interview is just a tryout. It sends the employer a message that you don't plan well your time, that the job might not be important to you, that you don't value the employer's time. Law firms, when people take time out of their schedule to they plan to interview you at a certain time, if you show up late. Uh, that's a problem and it happens a lot if you if that's you need to understand what your commute times are to go somewhere you need to if you need to uh, drive there in advance uh, to make sure if it's a commute or figure out what the commute time is going to be before you leave and, and show up early just as practice if you show up early you can always you're fine and you can always walk in closer to the time you're supposed to be there another one is showing up too early if you have people show up very early for interviews Uh, especially if there's not a lot of people working in the office at a time 20 minutes before an interview i feel it'd be rude for me to make that person wait i don't want to make them wait it's going to inconvenience me and it's going to throw off my day because i feel when someone shows up late i feel that it's not nice of me to make them wait and and you know the the employers offering asking you to be in an office too early and and it's just going to inconvenience everybody so the, the person may be billing something and talking on the phone to a client or have plans and want to get off the phone a minute or two or at the time of the interview. If you show up early, they may get a phone call or a message that you're there. And, and that is just not always good. Anything you would do that could possibly inconvenience the employer is just you need to be careful about that. Show up in the lobby downstairs. If it's a no lobby downstairs, show up in your car or wherever. Spend some time doing something else and then walk into the interview a few minutes before it's supposed to start, but not too many minutes. Okay, jokes and comments are a a big thing in this particular political and sociological, anthropological, whatever environment. People are very sensitive to all sorts of things. It's uh, and, And people still make sexual and racial comments in interviews. I don't know why they do that. But even saying something like, my firm is all people of this ethnic group or my firm or I notice a lot of this, whatever, you you have to be careful. Now, I will be the first to admit that men are often very clubby with each other and will say things that sometimes are inappropriate. I don't see it very often these days, very rarely. But it does happen and, and you need to be very careful and it just something as simple as I was in an interview once a in a firm with and someone made a, a comment about how they'd heard some bad things or crazy things were going on in this fraternity and, and that someone knew anyway, you have to be very careful. So just the idea that anything that's even mildly uh, suggestive that it could upset someone. Uh, can uh, potentially uh, get you in trouble. So, I don't want to go too much into this, but you have to be very much on your toes. No one in the interview is your friend. Um, everyone you're talking to uh, is potentially someone uh, that, if you make one inappropriate joke or comment, could potentially it could hurt you. And so, you just need to be very careful. And uh, again, I've seen people do all sorts of stuff, I've seen people make small remarks that Indicate that they're on the side of a political issue, that they're on the side of different politicians or different social issues. And you just need to leave this stuff out. It's just, you can't, because anytime, it's just think about it. Like the interview is an obstacle course. So by an obstacle course, if you go the straight way and you do fine, you're not, you're going to get a job uh, most, a lot of the time. Uh, but if you start veering off in one political, direction, you may now stand a 50% chance of getting a job. So anything that you do that's going to take you in a different political direction is going to hurt you. So you need to be very careful about anything that's going to put you on the side of one thing or the other. It's crazy. Like, why would you do that? You need to just, you need to be extremely careful about anything that's going to put you on a side of something. That's bad. Now, this is the other thing that people do. It's bad. It's something a lot of times that very kind of academic people do. I notice this by the way, a lot of times with academics. So, when you talk to very experienced attorneys, they typically will cut to the point and give you an answer. When you talk to law professors, a lot of times it's a different type of psychology, which is one reason it's very hard sometimes for law professors, if not extremely difficult for them to get positions in law firms. It's a different style of thinking. You don't need to give long winded answers, you need to cut to the chase. Because everything that you say, people can apply different things from it, and you don't need to spend 10 minutes answering questions. You don't want to give abrupt answers, but you want to give answers that tell enough of what's asked and without boring people. People, when you're talking to them and having a conversation and they're interviewing, they want to ask most of the questions. They don't want to sit there listening to you talk. I see this a lot. I know lots of people that if you ask them a question, they will suddenly launch into this long answer. And and if someone like an attorney is busy, or if the attorney would prefer to be answering questions, again, the talking ratio that I say is that typically, if it's a good interview, you will be talking much less than 50% of the time, even down to 20%. So if you are giving long answers, you are in trouble. That is going to not work. And people are not going to hire you in most cases because they want, don't want to imagine you sitting there and talking about something to them for 10 or 15 minutes when you're working for them because you're going to waste their time. No one's going to tell you to get to the point, but you just need to do this. And a lot of people do this in interviews. You need to respond to questions with a little bit of detail enough to be helpful. But but typically, if someone asks you something, if someone asks you, if did you play any sports in college? Yes, I played football, and I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you don't say, yes, I played football, and I was I was a kicker and also a punter, and, and I loved it because I always loved kicking because I played soccer and when I was young, and my mom always said, you kick the hardest of anyone, and, and you can score these goals. My coach also said this, and so then I when I got into uh, high school, I just walked down to the, to the team, and I became a first-string kicker when I was a freshman. And I did so well at it, I was actually recruited by several schools. You just, that's what people do. And you don't need to do things like that. You don't need to do it with your experience and you don't need to do it with anything. And people do this all the time. What The reason, way you can tell most of the time, if you're talking too long, is the interviewer may be sitting there looking at you like, yeah, let's hear the answer. And then you start giving an answer and the interviewer just starts looking away or down or something, meaning you bored the hell out of them and they don't wanna hear anything else. So you need to be very careful giving long-winded answers.
0: That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.